Hey everybody, this is Anush from the podcast Anush and Friends, but this time I am my only friend. I guess that's I guess that's legit a legit reason to do a podcast. Be with yourself. Cause you're fucking alone. You have no friends but yourself. Um Yeah, uh some new things this podcast. Um thanks for listening. If you do, please subscribe or write to us, do anything, uh write a review, whatever. Um please write to us at info at snappycomedyclub.se that's SE for Sweden and um yeah fucking follow us on Twitter Snappy Comedy Club Instagram Facebook all those social networks um I just cursed didn't I yeah I think it did This is what I'm gonna do now during the podcast I'm gonna talk to myself and I'm gonna ask some questions and I'm gonna answer them myself Uh, so Anush, what do you want to talk about today? Today I want to talk about uh, the last time I was in New York about a month ago. Today is uh, the 30th of October 2013 and uh, just about a month ago I just came back from the United States. I was over in um, New York performing over there with some good comedians and when I didn't perform which I basically did all the time. Um I did everything from big shows at the Carolines to uh, open mics, you know, put put a five dollar in a hat and do stand up for three minutes. Um when I didn't do that, I was watching some um good good comedians from America. I even I even enjoyed watching the uh, open micers. Open micers if you can say that. They were like night laborers in America. <laughs> If you've ever been in America, you'd get that. So the reason why I'm speaking English now instead of Swedish, svenska, is because uh, we've seen that we have a lot of we we've been receiving some uh, mails, some emails uh, to uh, info at snappycomedyclub.se and Twitter actually from American listeners and the British listeners and some Australian and some. I don't know what, because <clears throat> we recently had two podcasts in English. Altogether, we have three. We have one with Jason Rouse, we have one with uh, Bill Dawes, two excellent comedians, and one with the uh, UFC legend Henzo Gracie, um, which was actually one of the most fun podcasts I had. Uh, I never expected that from a guy that's a non-comedian, but. Uh, You know, Henzo, he's a, he's a special guy. He's a, a very, well, one of the best martial artists that's still alive. Uh, not just according to me, but according to, well, his, um, his fucking score. Did I curse again? Fuck. Fuck. I'm gonna say fudge every time I want to say the F word. Yeah, um, so I went to America... I went to the United States, uh, to New York, early in September, I think it was about the 5th of September, to go and perform. Um, before that, I didn't perform a lot, because here in Sweden, you don't have as much uh, stage time as you do in America. I mean, in the United States, basically everywhere you go, you can... Uh, basically everywhere you go in America, you can, you can find big venues, you can find um, an open mic in a freaking laundry house... Uh, you can find the stage everywhere, and there will there will always be 
someone in the audience. I mean, if not a comedian, then at least, you know, some comedian's friends. And it's pretty good to try out new material. Um, for me, it was mostly about working in an English routine. And, um, you know, just getting... Because English is my first language. Is my English was my third language that I learned in the row of six languages. So, um... Uh, doing stand-up in English is, is uh, you know, improving me. And the difference between doing stand-up in English and talking in English for me is that um, when you're talking, you're not really... You're, uh, you're kind of laid back. You're chill. And you, uh, you just say stuff without having any expectations on what the next word is going to be. It's not a performance to just have a daily chat with a friend and just, you know, exchange some whatever so how is how is your mother-in-law's funeral oh, it was excellent you know i don't know you don't have to think so much when you're just daily talking and uh you don't have the type of you don't have the type of pressure that's the thing you don't have the type of pressure you have when you're daily talking in comparison to when you're um when you're on stage and uh, especially cuz i'm not that comfortable yet on stage, I'm way more comfortable on stage in Sweden, because um, I know that more people know me here than in America, well, nobody knows me in America, but uh, but more people know me here in Sweden, and it's my uh, second language, and actually it's my first language, it's, it's the, Swedish is the language that I'm the strongest at, it's the language that I'm the most um, broad at when it comes to... Uh, my vocabulary is way better in uh, Swedish than any other language. Uh, I never stutter in Swedish. That's that never happens. I've never I've never stuttered in Swedish. I don't think so. Have I? No. There you go. I asked myself on the question again. So I'm more comfortable because of the linguistic issues, and uh, but I'm improving my English. I believe. Um, so I went there. I performed about you know I was there for almost a month. I performed something like I don't know seventy or eighty times. That's that's pretty much. I mean, uh, seventy or eighty times. I don't think. I think the professionals in Sweden perform seventy or eighty times a year in Sweden, and that's like the top shelf Swedish comedians. Um, they might do more. Some might do more, but the thing is, there's not enough stage time in Sweden. Uh, there's not enough stages in Sweden for us to uh, do as much comedy as as we would like to. I mean, the stand-up is growing, growing in Sweden, but uh, it's still on the on the path of growing. It's not really there yet. It's not is not even close to America. Whenever uh, whenever my American friends come over here to perform. I've had uh, Jason Rouse over here at my at my comedy club at Snappy Comedy Club. I've had um, I've had a, I've had a couple of other American comedians or Canadian British. I've had some comedians over here, and um, and even when they haven't been on my club, when they just been to like a bigger theater, like let's say when Mars Gibrani was here, um, I was there and talked to him. And I mean, he knows. A guy like Mars, he's a world traveler. He's a world-known comedian. He's an international um, star, and um, and of course a very great guy. But uh, when he comes to Sweden and he asks, you know, com- other comedians, other comedians come up to him, and, you know, they're trying to make bonds and connections, and uh, they talk about comedy. 
and um, he gets shocked that people perform. I'm just taking Maz's reference now because I've been talking about this issue with him. Maz got shocked when I told him that I perform. I as a I don't know how to say rising comedian. I perform about I don't know roughly thirty like a good year fifty fifty gigs. Nah, I don't even know if I can do fifty gigs. I mean, I can, but it, I don't think I'm booked for that many gigs and uh, another reason is that i live in gothenburg which is the second largest city in sweden uh it's not the capital the capital is stockholm and stockholm is the biggest city and in stockholm you have a couple of comedy clubs there um you have a couple of you have uh, you have one established um open mic ish club i would say it's not really open mic. We just sign up and go up stage. It's more like you gotta know the guy. You gotta send him a Facebook message, whatever. And uh, uh, he's on the podcast too. That comedy club is Big Ben Comedy Club in Stockholm, and that one has been going on for about ten years, I think. And um, and there is another comedy club. Uh, it's called Nora Brun, but that one is more. That one is more um, just shows. I don't think they have. I've never heard about them having like open open mics. I mean, the culture, as I was talking about earlier, the culture of stand up in Sweden is not even close to what it is in America. And people are trying, but the reason, you know, the, that's the reason why we can't do so much stand up in Sweden, and why we don't have international stars from Sweden or anywhere in Europe is because the stage. The, there's a lack of stage. We don't have as much much stage as in America. In America, when I was there the first time, and this the second time too, I performed between. Um, never, I never did less than two shows a day. Never. That never happened. Uh, no, that never happened. Uh, I, when I say shows, I mean gigs. Whatever. Don't blame me. Fuck you. Um, I the th- I think I did between two to nine shows gigs every day for every day every day i did that in la i did that in um i did that everywhere because uh let's just do a quick thing of what i did 2012 i've done a, i've done a podcast about this uh but that one that one was in swedish and um i went to la 2012 and i began my journey there and from la i went to san diego i went up to the bay area which means um san francisco san jose uh, Oakland, I did Oakland too. From there, I went to Vegas. I did Vegas. I did the Laugh Factory there. Of course, I did the Laugh Factory too in uh, Los Angeles, which is uh, my biggest accomplishment uh, as a comedian or as a person. After Vegas, I went to Houston. I did uh, the improv there. I did a couple of other comedy clubs there. And after um, Houston, I went to Chicago, which is, and I did Laugh Factory there almost every day, almost every night. I was there for about a week. Uh, Chicago, wow, what a city! I unfortunately it was so dark when I was there, so I didn't I didn't see that much. But I had a very good friend of mine, Mona. Uh, she's also a comedian. She uh, took me around. She showed me around. She introduced me. She helped me way more than uh, she helps herself. Um, she's like a sister to me, and she helped me a lot. Showed me around. So I did Laugh Factory Chicago too, and then after that I went to New York. So, altogether, it was basically seven seven stops, 
a little bit more than seven cities, but it was seven stops for almost two months, and I did 168 gigs. And uh, it it was interesting for me because I learned a lot. I mean, I saw America to begin with. Um, I don't think a lot of Swedes or Europeans um, manage or have time to do that, uh, especially since usually people usually travel, you know, with someone. Like, they usually have a traveling partner. And I traveled by myself because I wanted to do the stand-up. And my schedule, every time I'm in America, my schedule is waking up 8 or 9 a.m., do some jujitsu at um, wherever I can do it. I'm very good friends with the Alliance Jiu-Jitsu all over the world. Uh, I'm very good friends with um, the Gracie Baja too, And also with Paragon. So what I do, I wake up, I do jujitsu, I go back... I clean my, uh, I wash my gi or whatever. I put it on the, you know, let it dry, and then I hit the streets just to do stand up. That's what I did 2012. That's what I did this year too. So uh, the reason why I went back this year was to just keep that, uh, those contacts, you know, as we say in Sweden, keep the iron warm. I wanted to keep the iron warm. Just let it, you know, let the water boil. That's another Swedish expression for you non-Swedish fucks that are listening to this. Did you curse again? Yes, I did. So I wanted to keep the water boiling, so I went over there uh, with my... Uh, um, this guy calls me his son, but for me, he's a mentor. Uh, I don't know if I want to be his son. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't know. Uh, Tracy Morgan, the one and only Tracy Morgan. Uh, him and his friend Artie Fuqua. Uh, Artie Fuqua is his um, regular opener. Uh, Artie is one energetic fucking comedian. He's a he's a Artie is actually a uh, regular host at the Comedy Cellar. He does the Comedy Cellar four times a night. He's been doing that for I don't know how many years. So Artie and Tracy, I spoke to them. I know Tracy was going to have a couple of shows at Caroline's on Broadway um, at Louis Place. So uh, I went over there. Oh yeah, before that I also spoke to uh, Max Amini. Max Amini, a uh, world famous uh, Persian American, Iranian American comedian, who uh, is uh, wow. I don't want to start talking about that guy because uh, uh, that guy is like my brother. He's uh, he's a beautiful guy. I spoke to Max. I spoke to Tracy, and I said I'm coming over to New York, and I managed to put the the travel the the dates of the travel within their scheduled shows at Caroline's and the staff at everybody at Caroline's knows me by now uh, from last year and from this year too so I'm known there by the staff I'm known there by the you know the managers the owner uh, I'm pretty they know me there um, I've made I've made a good recognition there they know me as the Swedish comedian and um, I'm very I'm very happy for that I appreciate that. And uh, so I went there, I had shows with Tracy, I had shows with Max Amini. Max Amini actually let me open for him. Fucking, yeah, I cursed again, shut up. Max Amini, my dear comedy friend and brother, he let me open for him um, for five shows. And I think that was two, was it only five shows? I don't know, it was like, I think maybe it was seven shows, I don't know. I remember it was like three shows one day, two shows another day. It was it was a madhouse. We had so many shows, and um, 
uh, I met Bill Doss there, great comedian from the Laugh Factory too, Eric Rivera and uh, Josh Nassar. I met those cats there too, and uh, all of those guys were really, really, really helpful to me, and it really improved my stand-up. We're talking about f- five top-shelf comedians. These guys are on stage more than... Um, more. I would say these guys are on stage as much as I do jiu-jitsu. And um, um, uh, the thing is, I have uh, like I'm 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 a member of my own uh, jiu-jitsu club here, so I can practice whenever I want. But um, in comparison to stand-up, you can't do stand-up whenever you want in Sweden due to lack of stage, due to lack of uh, audience, due to lack of culture uh, within stand-up. So these guys do stand-up all the time. Bill Dawes, Maximini. And after every time I went up on stage, as soon as I got off, these guys stood there with like like a list. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. And I'm just I was just sucking it all in. Like Jesus, man, please continue. Just give me just give me all of this positive uh, feedback. I mean, because this was gold for me. It is gold. It's it's still gold for me. I mean, the things that Bill Dawes taught me. Uh, Maximini, uh, Eric Rivera, all these cats. What they taught me was, um, it was so good for me. I, I really needed to hear those things, and um, and the more I listened to them, and the more I adapted my stand up, my 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 five minutes or my eight minutes or my three minutes, the more I got my act together from listening to them and taking in their feedback into my act. It was improving my comedy, like, I don't know how, I mean, a lot, a lot. I was seeing the results, I mean, black and white, I have it on, I mean, I have it on tape. I could see the difference from my first gig with Max to the last gig with Max. All of these gigs were just at, um, well, huge shows were just at Caroline's in front of huge audiences, I mean, filled houses. They took in 120 extra seats, and the first time uh, it went to the shitter, I would say, uh, well, they all did, to be uh, honest. I mean, I'm not there as Max is. They were expecting Max, and they're seeing a fucking tall, handicapped, Swedish, Iranian uh, douchebag. So, what to expect? But uh, in comparison to my first gig and my last gig, I could see the the evol- I mean, I could see my act getting so much improved just by these few tips. Um, that these guys gave me, they weren't few, but I mean, uh, all of these tips that these guys gave me, the, all the advices, it really helped, it really improved me as a comedian, and uh, as an, yeah, as a comedian, it really improved me, uh, so I'm very thankful for that, and, uh, you know, performing with Max was great, Max is a uh, beautiful person, he's going to perform very soon in DC, with uh, with the living legend of comedy, uh, Umid Jalili, uh, Umid is even on a, I think he's on a BBC documentary about comedy. He's a he's one hell of a comedian. Um, so Max is a big comedian. He has a, one of his most famous bits. It's called the Tomato Juice. It's up on uh, Laugh Factory's YouTube channel. Uh, you can just be, I think you can just type in on YouTube. Just write Tomato Juice, and uh, you'll see that one come up. And this clip, this certain clip, Tomato Juice, has about 1.5, 1.6 million viewers. 
and it's a bit where he talks about how his mother is, you know, forcing him into drinking tomato juice because it's healthy and blah blah blah. Persian moms. But the thing is, uh, Max did this with the intention of just talking about his mom. He never really knew that there was a lot of other cultures that could relate to this. Um, Hispanic cultures, African cultures, uh, different Middle Eastern cultures, European uh, cultures, um, Southeast Asian cultures. When I say Southeast Asia, uh, for you American listeners, that's probably just Asia for you because you don't study geography that much. <laughs> Douche. But... Um, so a lot of different cultures from around the world uh, could relate to this stand-up, uh, to this bit about his mom and his sister. They were sitting there and chewing with the chewing with the tomato juice, and oh, what a great organic tomato juice! And uh, and his mom just like take a little bit, and then they start to fight. He's like, no, mom, I don't want any tomato juice. And then she's like, what's the matter with you? It's not like somebody's forcing you. Nobody's twisting your arm, and. Uh, and this this bit is about I, uh, YouTube. It's about two minutes, I think. And uh, he he did this one for about ten minutes at the Carolines, cause cause he was just pulling in extra stuff, you know, improv and whatever. And uh, this um, this uh, it really worked. People were laughing their asses off constantly during the whole bit, cause everybody can relate to this. Everybody that grew up with it in. I don't know, like whatever household um, could relate to this, and and uh, that's that's one of the great things with Max. He's such an evolved comedian, so uh, he's done it for such a long time. He's a regular headliner at the Laugh Factory, and when he's not headlining, he's doing big shows there anyway. And uh, when he's not doing big shows at the Laugh Factory, he's around the world. He's everywhere. He's in Sweden. He's in Dubai. He's in. Um, I think he's in Australia too. He's everywhere in America. He's uh, he's in London. He's everywhere. I don't know where he hasn't been. I mean, I guess he haven't done any African countries yet. I th- I don't think he's been to the African continent yet. But uh, Max is a great comedian, and I was able to not only do comedy with him, but I mean, he took me over to um, to that apartment that he was renting. He let me sleep over there with him and. Um, it was just like it was just like hanging out with a with an older brother and he's really a um he's not the type a lot of comedians uh I say especially Sweden and that's because you know I'm born and raised there and I know more about Swedish comedians than about American comedians obviously and uh, that if you get to a certain type of level a lot of people lose their uh, modesty and their humbleness on the way up. Mm. And that's a shame. I hope I listen to this podcast when I grew when I grew up as a comedian and actor and I listen to this and I go, "Fuck, what a douchebag I am right now." Hopefully. Uh but um Max is at a very high level of uh, of being a comedian. So is Bill Dawes. Uh, I was also at Bill Dawes' uh, apartment. We even recorded a podcast at his own home, and uh, you know, talked about everything. Uh, but Max and I hung out. He took me to all the restaurants. Wherever he went, he took me with him. Wherever he went to eat, he took me with him. Wherever he went to meet a girl, which usually, you know, if you met a girl or just you know met someone just to talk, you know, whatever comedy and business he even took me to interviews 
and he took me um, Voice of America VOA. They were doing an interview on interview on him uh, just a couple of hours, like five six hours before the shows, and uh, he even uh, he even took me to that. And a lot of comedians here in Sweden, I feel that when they grow to a certain level, they get like they hold back and they forget that hey, dude. You know, just a couple of years ago or months, you were just a fucking open micer. And this humbleness that Max shows me and showed me and still shows me. I mean, I can write an email to Max and he will answer me as soon as he can. Um, this humbleness is really a lesson for me. It's a good lesson for me as a young person, as a young comedian in you know in the start and rise of my career. It's really helping me, and it's it's so good to see, cause cause I mean, in that way I don't only see, I don't only see him as a person. I see him as a beautiful human being, and that's really important not to be an asshole, um, cause a lot of comedians, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any uh, bad personalities in American comedians, but I guess that's because I haven't had time to hang out with all of them and. Also, it's because like I'm always the youngest. I'm always like, oh wow, this guy's from Sweden. He's young, whatever. So I don't think I can see exactly everything with them. But uh, when I hang out with some big comedians in Sweden, I feel that a lot of them are dicks, plain dicks. And um, some of them, I've said it to the face to them. I don't, sh- I don't give a shit. Um, uh, I'm gonna be so good, so nobody can ignore me, anyways. But um, some of these comedians, they they forget who they are, where they come from, and um, and they forget that when you stand there on the stage, you're just as naked as the next guy or the guy before you that was on the stage. You're you're standing there basically naked and just fucking please laugh at me, uh, especially Swedish comedians that has uh, they have no they they're not even close to the. Um, the level of American comedy, American comedians, and uh, comedy writers, and um, so Max was uh, is a good mentor, a friend, brother to me. Uh, I learned a lot from him. Max, if you're listening, thank you. I love you. Um, wow, that was gay. I need to take his dick out of my mouth now. So, um, and of course, I I performed uh, with Tracy, and. Uh, Fuck me, was that was that an education? <laughs> Tracy Morgan, um, I think it's a shame that everybody mentions 30 Rock when they say his name. I mean, not a shame, but the thing is like, it feels like as soon as people say Tracy now, they say, oh my God, I loved him from 30 Rock. It's like they forgot what he did all the other years before, like all the other stand-up he's been doing you know, for a long time. He's a... He's a top shelf comedian in America, in the world. Uh, everybody knows Tracy Morgan, uh, Crazy Tracy. I mean, he's called Tracy Jordan in the Thirty Rock, which is a huge NBC show. Uh, they just quit their sixth season or something. I'm not sure. I forgot. Alec Baldwin is in that one, and plenty of other uh, great actors. But uh, Tracy, he's probably one of the uh, hardest, toughest. But still, kindest mentors I've ever had. He uh, he takes me backstage. He uh, he lets me be, you know, with the guys backstage with his old hood friends. What he does every time he has a show, he calls his old hood friends from BK from Brooklyn. 
he calls them all up. He says, hey, guys, you know, my show is here. You're on the list. And everybody's backstage. Everybody's eating. Everybody's drinking on, on Tracy's tab. He's paying for everybody. He doesn't care. Um, that's how good Tracy is to his... Um, to his old, you know, his old friends, his, you know, some of these guys, he used to, he, he told me that he used to sell crack <laughs> with some of these guys, and some of these guys now, you know, they have gang tattoos all over them, some of these guys are suits, uh, another one of these guys, he's a comedian as well, he was a ri professional writer for Tracy, one of the other guys, he was like a military in Afghanistan, <coughs> and, um, one of the guys was his barber, and he brought them all backstage in the green room, and I'm sitting there with three dozens of black dudes in their 40s. And there come I, a fucking tall, skinny, handicapped white guy from Sweden. Hey, everybody, I ain't going to tell some jokes, says. I don't, I don't talk like that, obviously, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Tracy, um, he's hard. That guy, I mean, the way he talks, the way he acts, he's, he's a tough guy. He's, uh, when I see movies with Tracy Morgan now... I know that he's not acting. Tracy's not acting for a second. He is, the way he is, he is. Uh, the way you see him on movies, that's not acting. Uh, that is Tracy. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm saying he doesn't give a fuck about what's in the script, obviously, because he's always himself. Or maybe the directors are just, you know, fucking loving him and just say, hey, you know what, Tracy, just be your fucking self. Um, respond the way you would respond. The way you see him on 30 Rock, that's how he is. He's actually just a little bit nicer in 30 Rock and in the movies. Mm. I recently saw him in the movie um, Why Stop Now. Uh, he was a crack dealer there too. He was a coke dealer. Punching people, killing people, whatever. It was a, com it was, um, it was a comedy movie. But um, despite the fact that he was a coke dealer, he was still way nicer in his approach in the movie than in real life. Because in real life, he's a, he's a fucking hardhead. I mean, this guy... I'm, yeah, I'm Tracy Morgan. This is how I talk, man. You know? You gotta, you gotta go to the other side. I go all the way on my woman. I go all the way down. I go even there. I go kiss the brown eye. Yeah, I kiss the brown eye. <laughs> this fucking guy. He, um, he took me backstage. He showed me everything, you know. He... We went out, you know, I got to meet all of his friends, his family, his wife, his, his, his kids, his bodyguards. Uh, he took me to uh, the BAM, the Brooklyn Academy of Music, it was a huge, huge old opera house where he recorded his new, um, I'm not sure if it was a one hour special or half hour special, I forgot, but it was for Comedy Central. He gave me the backstage ticket, you know, the, v the VIP crew ticket, whatever, I got that necklace on me. Uh, not now, I had it, uh, and, uh, you know, I was there backstage, just feeling like, fuck, I'm in a dream, I mean, I'm just, I was 24, I'm 25 now, I was just like, I come all the way over here from Sweden, and I'm backstage with Tracy fucking Morgan, and Tracy was talking to his friends about me, he was making jokes about me, he was talking about me on stage, and, uh, talking about my, um, physical disabilities and my accident, that I've been to when I was a child, because uh, I'm I have burn marks. If I didn't tell you that before, probably I didn't in English. Um, he was talking about that on stage with his friends, to the other you know managers and directors, uh, everybody there uh, at the BAM, 
from uh, Comedy Central. He was talking about everybody. He was talking with everybody about me, and I was just honored. I was like, "Fuck!" I mean, I was shocked that he remembered me when I, you know, when I came over for the second time. I was like, "Really? You, you remember me? I mean, this guy meets billions of people every day. This guy, he meets a lot of people every day. He, he probably meets as much people as fucking uh, Obama." Speaking of which, he was just in the White House for the dinner recently with Obama. Uh, Tracy was there with his wife and kids, and they had that important dinner or whatever. And that's how big Tracy is. And that really makes me feel like it's it's so cool. It's so I mean, cool is an understatement. It's it's shocking for me to see Tracy uh, saying my name and you know patting my shoulders like hey. Hey, what the fuck are you over there for? Don't get emotional on me, man. Don't suck my dick over here, man. Go, go fucking do some comedy, man. You need something? You need money? I mean, he's he's a very... He's a kind, giving, generous person. Even though he's a hard person. But, I mean, he has no reason to help me. I mean, I have nothing to... Uh, what do I have that Tracy doesn't have? And what do I have that Tracy can't get? Um, I mean... I have a hot fiance. He can. Uh, everybody says that my fiance looks like uh, Adriana Lima. He can buy Adriana Lima, and <laughs> that's probably the best comparison I can come up with. What I have and what he had doesn't have for the moment. His wife is beautiful, anyways. Um, so this whole trip, you know, hanging with Tracy Morgan is 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 um, it's you know it's amazing for me. I'm fucking. 25 from Sweden. I'm not supposed to hang out with Tracy and all the other great actors and comedians. And uh, it really helps me. And he always puts in good words for me. He tells me where to go, where not to go. He tells me just, you know, he gives me these motivational um, advices that I that I would pay for if I had the money. I would pay for hearing these advices everybody would even the non-comedian would if they only knew what he has in his you know in his luggage what he knows the knowledge he's carrying um the experience he has people would actually pay tons of money just to uh, to learn from tracy he's a he's a great guy he's a great actor he's a you know he's freaking emmy nominated nominated for the emmys now for i don't know if he got it or not that was probably last year but he was nominated for the emmys for um I guess it was for Thirty Rock, whatever. You got an Emmy? No, shut the fuck up. And uh and then you get back to Sweden and you see all of these <laughs> not uh, not all, but you know a bunch of these cock sucking <laughs> whatever top shelf in Sweden comedians that, you know, they're too good to wipe their own ass. And um, a lot of them are just, you know, uptight. They're, you know, they're they're high on themselves. They're probably sitting at home jerking off to their own picture. Too good to spit so they cry on their dicks while they're jerking off their uncircumcised Swedish Viking penises. Uh... And they're too good to, you know, just respond on a fucking Facebook mail to you. I mean, these guys probably get five mails a day, if even that. These guys have, like, 
let's say 15,000 followers on Twitter. Wow, okay. Tracy has millions. And Tracy still talks to all of his fans. If he has the time, if you go up to Tracy in a restaurant, if you see him, and if you just say, Tracy, can I get a picture? He'll do it. I wouldn't recommend going to him if he was sitting with his family. That's, you know, that's just disturbing. Just wait a minute. But uh, if you go to Tracy, if you write to him, he will respond you if if he can. He will. He He's that type of person. Maz Jobrani, same thing. Uh, Maximini, same thing. <sighs> Who else? I mean, all these guys. I'm forgetting the names now. Dave Attell. I met Dave Attell at the comedy show. I was hanging out with him almost every day when I was there for about a month. Talking, just talking, talking. I met Jeff Ross. I met Dave Chappelle. These cats, these guys were talking to me just as if I was their friend. And every guy that stopped, uh, took pictures with him, talked to them, everybody except Dave Chappelle because uh, he was in some period of not taking pictures. Just respect that. But... um Everybody was just, you know, these huge world stars. I mean, Dave Chappelle, Tracy Morgan. I mean, you can't get bigger than that, basically. And in acting, in comedy, in writing. And still these guys would give you that time to make you feel that they see you and they appreciate you. And they value you as a human being, as a fan, as an observer... And it's so good to see this. And then you come back to Sweden and you see all these fucking... Oh, whatever. <laughs> so I'm gonna... So my promise is not to be a douchebag. Not to be a dick. Or as Jim Jeffries say, Oi! Don't be a cunt. And listen to that. Don't be a cunt. Just be your fucking self. Just be nice to people. If somebody is, you know, bad towards you, fucking choke him out. No, don't don't choke him out. I, I was just joking. This is a comedy podcast. Everything I say is a joke. But uh, turn the other cheek, as the Bible teaches. Turn the other cheek. Oh, practice what you preach. Isn't that a Black Eyed Peas song? Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Um, yeah. So, I'm back in Sweden. I... Feels like I stepped up my own comedy act uh, a lot compared to last time, which feels good for me. It's, I mean, it's good for my confidence. It's good for my acting. It's good for my stand-up. Whatever. It's very good for me. And um, I'm uh, I'm just um, I'm just hungry now. I'm just hungrier than I was before. I went to New York with all my you know whatever shit amount of money I had, which is was basically nothing. I saved everything and I went to New York. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's a lot of um, give and take. I mean, I leave I leave my girlfriend, I leave my house, I leave uh, job opportunities here in Sweden to go to New York to perform and to evolve as a comedian because I want to do it. I mean, I love this. I love comedy. Uh, it's a great way of expressing myself, and I love it, and I love making people laugh. But you gotta, you gotta, as we say in Sweden, you can't eat the cookie and have it. Or the cake, whatever. If you wanna, you know, if you wanna win some, you're gonna lose some. I mean, I lost a month with being with my uh, with my girl. That's not that's not the most fun thing you can do in life. Uh, but I did, and uh, she's supportive. 
even though it was hard because I didn't have Wi-Fi everywhere, so we couldn't, you know, Skype each other and whatever. So that was hard. But, um, you know, I went there. I did my thing. I did jujitsu every day. Every day in the morning time. And I did comedy every day night time. And uh, it improved me so much. It improved my jujitsu, of course. But this podcast is not about jujitsu. It improved my comedy. And uh, I think it's a life lesson that... Um, you should just shut the fuck up and do it. If you want something, go chase it, man. I I went all over the world twice for the comedy. I mean, I love jujitsu too, not to talk too much about that. But I went all the way over to Brazil for a camp once. And that costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. You you um, You lose some things that you could have done back home, working on shit you need to do at home. And, uh... But, you know, if you love something, do it. Uh, fight for it. Do whatever you can. Don't don't sit at home and just wait for it to come. It, it, it's not going to happen unless you, you know, you're fucking... <laughs> you're fucking Justin Bieber. Yeah, if you're fucking Justin Bieber, you're probably going to get a lot of shit coming to you for free. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I fucking would. I would easily fuck Justin Bieber. That guy is probably less hairy than my wife. I can say that because I know she doesn't listen to me. She doesn't listen to me in real life. So she would never listen to me on my podcast. That's ridiculous. But uh, if you want something, fucking chase it, man. You gotta you gotta lose some to get some. That's how it is. If you wanna, um, if you wanna go be a comedian, go to New York. If you want to be an actor, go to LA. Learn it the hard way. That's what I believe. Because if you if you go through the hard way without getting any help or you know any any um, you know without going further just because your father's fucking Steven Spielberg or your or you're blowing Justin Bieber or you're being the fluffer of Justin Timberlake or whatever, uh, go there and experience everything the hard way. And when you finally get a little bit of the the cookie, the cake that you want, it's going to taste so much better. That's what I believe. It's going to taste so much better to just um, to get that, the the thing that you're searching for without, without feeling that I didn't get this from somebody else. I got this because I helped me, because I lost a lot of things, because I put a lot of time, effort, love, money, uh, priorities, change the schedules, life, to get this. And when you get it, it's going to taste so much better, buddy. I promise you. I don't want to say buddy. It's like I'm talking to one dude friend. Like, hey, buddy, this is my motivation. I don't know why I'm doing bored voices, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was my trip to the United States. Uh, very thankful for that trip. And again, thank you, Maximini. Thank you, Tracy Morgan. Thank you, everybody that helped me and supported me. Um, I've done some changes. That sounded gay. Um, I have a new Twitter, new Instagram, new Facebook fan page. I used to call myself Anush Shaitan. Shaitan meant uh, Satan. But it was more like, ah, you little devil. I was always called that in the hood where I grew up. And... Um, and uh, I don't know. I uh, I kind of 
think that I've matured from that. Um, I'm not as much hood as I used to be. Uh, I don't live there anymore. I don't talk to the people I grew up with uh, for different reasons. Some of them, they're dead because where we grew up, it was a socially, um, socially, uh, how should I say? Well, it was a ghetto. It was a ghetto. And uh, not as bad as a favela in Brazil, but not as, you know, it was a ghetto. It was a tough ghetto, you know, fucking witnessing murders, um, hand grenades, gunshots, kidnappings, everything basically without, with the ex exception of rape. That's probably the only thing that never happened in the hood because uh, the person that would do that would, you know, his whole family would be wiped out. Um, so I, I took away that. I felt like, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm finished with that. I don't want to, that's not my name anymore. Um, so it's just Anush now. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, just type in Anush Comedian. A-N-O-S-H, Comedian. If you don't know how to spell Comedian, you're a fucking retard. And your mother's a cunt. No, I'm joking. This is a comedy podcast, whatever. So Anush, it's at Anush Comedian, A-N-O-S-H Comedian on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Anush Comedian. Obviously on Facebook. And uh, yeah, uh, you can also visit my personal website, which is uh, my fam my last name, parvazi.se. That's P-A-R. V A Z I dot S E S E for Sweden. So Parvazi dot S E. If you would ever like to, you know, I don't know, see my uh, resume or you know portfolio, showreel, whatever. It's not that filled out yet, but I'm working on it. Um, just a couple of days ago, I just wrote. Uh, I just finished my uh, a new uh, script that I'm doing on a short movie. It's about uh, it's about the ghetto. It's it's about a conversation that took place in the ghetto where I grew up. A conversation that's about um, it's about everything. About it's about um, being an outlaw, being outside of the system, uh, being black, being uh, you know child of immigrants, uh, as I am, as many guys are. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys that I grew up with, they were immigrants themselves. I I was born in Sweden, but so this new. Um, so this new uh, short movie that I'm doing is going to be called uh, Nothing is the Same Anymore. Where you see two guys about the age of 28, 30, growing up together, robbing people together. And now one of the guys, he's still slanging, you know, he's still slanging dope and selling. And the other guy is, uh, he's a student at, um, he's an economy student. He's trying to be, um, you know, I don't know financial guy, you know, business, a business guy, he's trying to be something in economy, like a accountant or something, and the other guy, his, his oldest friend, um, he's, uh, he's selling coke, he's selling um, hashish, weed, whatever, he's selling everything, and, um, and so it's going to be an interesting dialogue there between those guys, and there's going to be a couple of other kids from the block passing by some of them going to stop some of them going to pass by and uh so that's my project now uh not the same anymore any longer whatever i don't know the name in english i haven't said that yet but um 
so that's I just finished that one. It's gonna be a short movie very soon. Uh, gonna probably shoot that on one day. Um, at least one of the scenes. It's just gonna be five, five different scenes, and the major one is um, scene number one, which is like a eight minute dialogue. So it's gonna be a little bit hard to study those um, dialogues in, and. Uh, I'm gonna be one of the actors. I'm gonna be the dope selling guy. Uh, not that I've ever been one, but I, you know, as I said, I grew up in the ghetto, so I know him. And there's gonna be another actor which isn't really set yet. We we don't really have an agreement yet, but uh, he's interested. But he's like in four movies at the moment, so he's busy. And uh, there's gonna be two African, or you know, yeah, African kids, uh, and they're already. They've already you knows, you know, said yeah, they want to be in the movie, and we got the camera guy, the sound guy, uh, <clears throat> everything, and it's pro bono. I mean, everybody's working there, you know, like a non-profit, uh, like a non-profit thing that we're doing just because of the everybody just everybody want to get another credit on IMDb, I guess. Just this weird chase of credits, and. Uh, so that's that's what's that's what's up right now. Um, as you can hear, um, I've caught a cold, so I can't compete. I was supposed to compete in the Swedish Open Jiu-Jitsu, um, but I'm not. I've gained a lot of weight, and I haven't been practicing for the last month. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, no Jiu-Jitsu for me. Just trying to get cured and trying to uh, lose some weight and get back to uh, the old me, as in Jiu-Jitsu and just evolving there. And I'm going to perform as much as I can, but I haven't been performing since I came back from the States now. I haven't been performing not even one time. I might have three or four gigs, pretty much open mic gigs in Stockholm. I have to go to the capital uh, within the end of this year, and that's not a lot. I mean, three, four gigs in, it's like, what is it, the 30th of October now? It's basically the beginning of November now. So basically two months left. And I have like three or four gigs planned. That sucks balls. It really does. And um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to... Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, just getting more gigs. Working. Uh, working with the film. With the short film. And just, you know, just expanding. Just, just being a student till I die. Uh... That's actually a quote from Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan, when I said you're the fucking king, he said, I'm not the king, man. I'm a fucking student. I'm going to be a student to the day I die. I learned everything from Martin Loris. <laughs> I believe I do a pretty good Tracy Morgan impression. This is Tracy Morgan at an Indian restaurant. Hey, well, what you got there, man? Hey, Indian guy, Apu, what you got there for me? Well, what is this? Chicken ticket? What the fuck is this? Whatever. <laughs> yeah so um, guys uh, I think that's it I'm gonna wrap it up for this podcast this has been podcast number 19 uh, I'm Anush this is Anush and Friends podcast please subscribe to uh, my Facebook my Twitter my Instagram at Anush Comedian that's A-N-O-S-H Comedian Anush Comedian uh, please subscribe to this podcast if you have anything you want to say or don't say, or if you want to give us, you know, the thumb or the middle finger, write to info at snappycomedyclub.se. Stay tuned. We're going to have some great podcasts with some more interesting people and hopefully more in English. 
Thanks so much for listening.